Hi, I'm Daniel Fuller from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily community meditation, where today we're looking at a verse from Psalms 34, where it says the righteous person, they may have all kinds of trouble. They may have troubles in life. Jesus says you're going to have troubles in this life. Sometimes we think that you know, living a life of faith doesn't mean we're going to have any troubles. We see all these amazing promises that God has made us. And sometimes it can be easy to think, you know what, if I'm walking with God, I'm never going to have any troubles. But it tells us. Sometimes in life, we're going to have some troubles, but it also tell us, tells us, Jesus says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. It says in Psalms 34 that even though we might have troubles, the Lord will deliver us from all of those troubles. We might have troubles, but he's going to deliver us from all those troubles. So we're going to be taking communion over this today. Just as a time of gratitude that God delivers us from all these troubles, just a time to connect with him just to praise him for this. And we're also going to be talking today about something I feel like God was bringing to mind just last night. I was getting ready for bed. I was doing some journaling. I felt like God brought this concept into my mind, which is after Abraham in the Old Testament had the time where he went and he rescues his nephew Lot. Lot had been attacked. He'd been, ta- he'd been taken captive. And Abraham takes all of his trained men in his house and he goes and rescues Lot. Well, after he was given the victory, it says that Melchizedek came out with bread and wine. He took communion as a time to celebrate the victory. He had communion after the victory as a way to celebrate how God had delivered him from all the troubles. And so we've talked about before how communion can be a great way to connect with God, to turn the tables when things are coming at us in life, when things, you know, some of those issues and problems are coming our way. We can use communion as a turning point to turn the tables and change the trajectory of that situation going forward. But then I think it's also important to give God the praise, give him the glory, give him the credit when he delivers us from those troubles. And we can use communion as a time of remembrance for that as well. So we're going to be taking communion over this today, just over these promises, because I found communion can be in a way that we activate these promises in our life. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. And the business started out great, but I got into some tough times. I had some months where my business was losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I just remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be more to life than this. And shortly after that, I came across the challenge from the book of Proverbs, or to read one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. Now, one day, Proverbs 13, 22 just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? After some time of thinking about it, I came to the conclusion that the most valuable thing we could pass on would be wisdom or teaching or training for how to truly live. So I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But to be honest, at the time, my own life needed some help. I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God began to totally immerse myself in the things of God, totally immerse myself in the Bible. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. 
And he taught me this whole new way to live, this completely different way to operate my life. Now, learning a new way to do things wasn't always easy all the time. Men had to change, men had to grow, men had to put off some old ways, learn how to do things in a new way. And there's some struggles that come along with that at times. I just began to document what I was learning, the things that he was taking me through. And it turned into a series of books and courses and now partners that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But I do believe that of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, the most important lesson that I would want to pass on will be daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point in our lives and to change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus told us, as often as you do this, remember me. And there's something so powerful about just remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're in the busyness of life. We've got issues or problems or troubles coming at us. Communion can help us to abide in him so that our lives stay on track, our lives produce much fruit. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, 26, it says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. And in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until we prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation that sets in motion all of these benefits that are found in the new covenant. One of them being today, as we're talking about, that the Lord would deliver us from all trouble, that Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. But it's also important we take communion the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord. Not just doing it to check the box. We're, we're doing it as a way to truly honor and just cherish God, what he's done in our lives. A way to truly connect with him. This month, we're doing a challenge called the Connection Challenge in August of 2022 this year. And our focus this month is connecting with God, our purpose, our loved ones, and on our community on a new level. And one of the things I've learned just in the first couple of weeks of doing this challenge, just the importance, and we talk about it a lot, but just it's taken to a new level for me this, this month. Just that importance of bringing that awe and the reverence into our time with God. We're not just doing it to check a box and say we did it for the day, but to truly honor with him, honor him and connect with him. That's our goal with this. And so the process we use, we start with a two minute long prayer. That's mostly scripture coming from Ephesians chapter one. And the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick. And they die early. Because they don't examine or judge themselves. Before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative. I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong. And give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion we're usually going over some physical fitness tips because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to walk out our faith, to exercise our faith. Let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them and our church and governmental leaders. And I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us. 
and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead, and you seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet, and you made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? Because when it all comes down to it, it's always called today. And we've got to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of our lives. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. And that's what we talk about, executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember, God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were some steps, there were some stages along the way. It didn't all just happen in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's some steps. I think there's some stages that we go through. And very simply, I think it starts with us believing God's got something better for our life, better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. Then we've got to be willing to move forward with that plan, to put off our old ways, to embrace this new way of living, where we learn how to rest and we learn how to trust in him. And to allow his beautiful plan to unfold in our lives. And that's where I think these four fundamentals come in. To help us walk this out. Our first one. Let's get positioned in the light today. This is like the on-off switch. Either we're in the light or we're in the darkness. So how are we doing with these things? How are we doing walking in humility? Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. How are we doing walking in forgiveness? Receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, and walking in forgiveness of other people. How are we doing walking in love? To walk in the light is to walk in love, kind and patient and gentle, not easily angered, not arrogant or boastful or rude, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs, delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. Because love never fails. And how are we doing taking our position in gratitude and praise today? Gratitude and praise are one of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long is staying in gratitude and praise. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get access to all those good things today. 
When we step into the light, we have access to his spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's purpose and grace for today. There's health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all available. But first, we got to get in position. we got to turn on the flow of this. I like to call it a pipeline of living water. And then our second fundamental is to magnify the light. So what are we magnifying? As we're going throughout the day, we've got to pay attention. What are we magnifying? And I think there's two options. On one side, we can fill up what we call the basket of the issues and the problems and the testings by venting and complaining and pouting and magnifying that problem. On the other side, we have another choice. We can fill up the basket of praise, praising God for who he is, praising him for all that he's done in our lives. Staying focused on him. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's simply choosing to magnify God as bigger. Because we trust that he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could choose to do things our own way. We could stay out of position. We can keep magnifying the wrong things. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or we're magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. One of the biggest ones I've learned to pay attention to is where's the pressure? Am I putting pressure on other people? Am I putting pressure on myself? Am I feeling all that weight and stress and pressure on myself? Am I putting that on other people? Or am I casting my cares, rolling the care of things over onto God and putting that pressure on him? Am I learning to lean and rely and trust in him? And when we trust in him, it squeezes all those good things through us. But we put all that pressure on ourselves as like a kink in a garden hose that blocks the flow. The same for other people. That's where we have to learn to recognize these symptoms. Other symptoms you'll experience. Just that heaviness and weight on the inside. You have fear, stress, worry, dreading things in the future. I like to think of emotions. Emotions are one of our greatest indicators. They give us feedback. It's a great gift from God. They give us feedback about what's going on on the inside. Where's my positioning? What am I magnifying? Because when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completion in him. We have fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And you'll feel that lightness come into your spirit. Because all that pressure comes off and now everything begins to flow and he's doing the work and everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And all those good things begin to flow. You got peace, you got joy. Walking it out. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get, if we ever get off track, because sometimes we miss it, we can turn it right back around, get back in position again. And it just takes a moment. How do we do it? I think it starts with just getting more present, getting aware of the symptoms that we're experiencing. And then we humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. If we need to forgive somebody or reconcile with somebody, we take those steps. And then we start praising and magnifying him. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me it's more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it, see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. And you go through that simple process. That weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. It's a beautiful thing. And then our third fundamental, 
we got to stay tuned into him today. As that living water begins to flow through, he's going to give you some direction. He's going to give you some leading in your life. We've got to stay tuned in. We've got to stay in rhythm with him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. I like to start at the very top with what I call some filters. These filters are just short phrases, little statements that I keep writing to keep helping me stay focused on what I, on God's vision and direction for my life. I like to start with the big picture vision. Where do I feel like God's leading me in my life? For me personally, the, the filter that I write every night, abundant life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. And then I want to bring it down to this year. What do I feel like is the word or the vision or direction that God gave me for this year? And so the filter I'm writing every night this year in 2022 is 2022, the year of the beautiful land. The year of the beautiful land. He's beginning to give me some glimpses of what this beautiful land is. This rich inheritance that we have in Christ. This beautiful land where everything is there. And learning to take possession of it. Learning to hold fast to it are some keys that I'm learning this year. And then I want to bring it down into this month. This month in the month of August, we're doing the connection challenge. We're prioritizing connection. Connecting with God our purpose, our loved ones, our community on a new level. So my filter is just prioritize connection. And then this week we're working on connecting spirit, soul, physical body. And one of the ways we learn to handle pressure, we learn to handle adversities and issues in our life is by connecting spirit, soul, and physical body together. And so we've been doing an exercise all this week. Find a problem or issue you need an answer to, write it down. Turn on some music and then start praying in the spirit. Start praising God and move your physical body all at the same time. You can walk, you can work out, you can dance, whatever you want to do to move your physical body. Combining them all together, connecting spirit, soul, and physical body. And I was just doing this earlier today. I was actually doing it during my workout time today. And I just felt like a kind of a new level in this today where it became much more natural. Because sometimes I think it gets a little clunky. We're combining spirit, soul, physical body. We're trying to fit some things together that, you know, spirit and body, those are opposites. Think of opposing ends of the spectrum. We're trying to fit those together. Think of like a husband and wife. They're opposites. they got to fit together. And it takes a little bit of time to get that rhythm, to get that synchronization, to get that agreement between them. And just the practice we do this week. It's just starting to become more natural, I'm finding. And then as we get go further in the journal, I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways that I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind. Just begin to write those things down. And then I want to bring my journal all the way down into today. I started with the big picture vision. Then this year, this month, this week. And then I want to bring it into today. And that's where I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And that's where I've learned to stick with. What do I know to do today? Our fourth fundamental. What do I know to do today? Because I learned there were times when I was getting ahead of God. I was toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force everything to happen ahead of schedule. And on the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. Sometimes there's things that we know to do, but we just fail to take action for whatever reason. And those things begin to build up on the inside of us. 
as an example, I was doing our connecting, praying in the spirit, connecting spirit, soul, and physical body. I was seeking God about a specific something I wanted an answer to. And he gave me the answer. And then the next day I was on to praying about the next topic or next question. But I hadn't taken the action from the previous day's one. And by the time I got to the end of my my 10 minutes the next day, I felt like God was saying, well, do what I told you to do yesterday, and then I'll give you what to do today. You're behind. Take action on that one first. We don't want those things building up. They begin to block the flow. They begin to block the clarity that we have. So what do you know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up excited for the day like a kid on Christmas morning, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle, that the first thing out of our mouth every morning, it sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say in the morning? I felt like he was saying to follow his example. What's the very first words we see in the Bible from God that set the tone for the whole Bible? Let there be light. And so now those are the first words out of my mouth in the morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how such a simple little thing, it brings a different energy into the day. Then we start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty is attractive and magnetic. And it begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our lives. Let's take a look at this scripture today. Psalm 34, 19. It says the righteous person may have, they may have many troubles. Now, who, who's, who's the righteous person? If we are in Christ, we've been made righteous. He became sin so that we could become righteous. It's not about what we did. It's about what, we, what he did. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Jesus says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. When you have those issues and problems coming at you, keep filling up that basket of praise. And then I was just thinking about this, like I said. After Abraham gets the victory, he has a problem. He has a trouble coming at him. He has to go rescue his nephew Lot, who's been taken captive. And after God gives him the victory... After God delivers him from the trouble, Melchizedek, who's a, a type and a symbol of Jesus, comes out and he brings bread and wine to Abraham. And so what I feel like God is saying there, you can take communion in the beginning as a, point, as a way to turn those troubles, to cast those cares over onto him. But I think it's also important to take communion after the victory as a time to praise him and to remember it was him who gave you the victory. It was him that did it. And so, Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful to have you in our lives, that you deliver us from all trouble. We might have troubles in this life, but Jesus told us to be of good cheer. We're asking for your help with that, to help us to remember that we've got this covenant with you. And you deliver us from all troubles. And we're also asking for your help. That this communion after the victories is something you want us to begin to walk in consistently that you would help us to remember that, that you would help us to walk in this the way that would be pleasing to you, the way that's right and best in your eyes. 
And we think that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember. God sent us as one and only son. All of us like sheep had gone astray. We'd all turned to our own ways. And God laid upon him the iniquities and the sins of us all. And by his stripes, we've been healed. And if he would do that, how would he not graciously and freely give us all things richly to enjoy? Jesus became sin so that we could become righteous. He became a curse on a tree so we could have God's blessing and favor on our lives. He was smitten by God so that God could smite our enemies. He was crushed by God so God could crush our enemies under our feet. He was rejected so that we could be accepted. He was broken so that we could be made whole. He was separated from God so that we could be connected from him. He wore a crown of thorns so that we could have a crown of glory. And so many more things that he did for us. And then God raised him up from the dead. And he seated him in heavenly places at God's right hand. And he raised us up with him. Gave us this new life. Made us one with him. Seated us together with him. All through his one sacrifice. So Father, we thank you for this bread. And we ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, transfers us into the light, into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. He makes his people great. His blood washes us and cleanses us, makes us new. And gives us this new covenant with God. The God is with us. He is for us. He's working for our good. He's fighting for us. All because of this blood covenant with him. This covenant he will not break. So Father, we thank you for this cup. And we ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. All right, physical exercise. So one of the things we've been talking about this week is connecting spirit, soul, physical body together. And I like to think of exercise, physical exercise, as a way to worship God. It's a way to connect with God and to practice, to experience Him doing the work. But we learn how to rest in our soul. We take that pressure off of ourselves. And one of the ways I believe in physical exercise that we begin to connect spirit, soul, and physical body is through our breathing, coordinating our movement and our breathing together. But sometimes you'll see people, and I've done it myself in the gym, that are kind of breathing unnaturally. They're kind of forcing the breath in and out. And you hear them huffing and puffing and these types of things. And what I feel like God has shown me is take a gentler approach. Take a more gentle approach with your breathing. Make it more natural. Just thinking of this verse, in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live and move and have our being. Just make it more natural. Or just your movement and your breathing are synchronized, but it's just this natural flow. 
got to all fit together seamlessly and beautifully, not in an effort or forced way. Make it more natural. That's the place we want to get. We got to start connecting spirit, soul, and physical body. Not just physical exercise, but in everything we do. We want to get to that place where it just comes naturally. It's not forced or efforted. It's just all natural and graceful and beautiful. And just starting to see some breakthroughs personally in this over the last couple of days here. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.